Good morning, good old sports fans. Uh, getting on here a little bit later uh, than our normal 9 o'clock hour due to, well, the fact that I went to go get in this morning and forgot to tell him I was there. Yep. That's, that That's, happens. Uh, it's life. Text messaging, man. Text messaging. You get it mixed up. You send your message to, message to the wrong person. That's what happens. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's, yeah, it's... it's kind of slow this morning but we're gonna pick it up yeah we'll get after it yeah we're uh, gonna pick it up and it'll be a little bit of a compacted show today but it'll be all right we'll get everything done get get the main news covered anyways because you got to save content for the week so that those of you that don't do a sports show which is probably most of you <laughs> in this area in this area you 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 have to pick and choose okay what day are we going to talk about this and what like there's some things about this weekend that I'm not talking about today because I want to talk about it, you know, closer to game day. But there's a few things about this weekend that we're gonna talk about. So you, you have to kind of put the craft together a show. And so uh, today, with it being a little bit more of a hour and a half show instead of a two hour, I can save some of my ammunition for later in the week. So it all kind of works out a little bit. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's uh, I. I, I... I said before the show, it's something that's like flying under the radar that I can't even think of. And maybe it'll come up during the show, but other than that, man, Pete my Letterman. It's 2013. I was going to ask you, are you repping your class? I'm repping Pittsburgh today, man. The Pittsburgh Pirates. You know, my last name, Herndon. It's backwards. But Herndon, 2013, class of 2013. I'm repping today. Uh, But yeah, man, this this thing is old. <laughs> But yeah, man, it's it's a lot that's going on in the in the sports world that you know we're just not going to uh, talk about. We're gonna today. We're just gonna hold off until later on this week. Um, but it's a lot of things cooking, and it's a lot of things that's been brewing um, in the sports world. As you know, we talked about, we kind of touched on a little bit uh, yesterday, or oh, a lot of, a lot of bit yesterday actually, and uh, hinted at Monday. So what we've got is what um, you're, you're getting. Yeah, you know, it's pretty much fresh news. Um, so, yeah, we're gonna start out with our uh, NBA. With our NBA, is it my yeah, Lakers? Yeah, yeah, it's not our Lakers. It's, it's my your, Lakers. It's your Lakers. Let's yeah. be clear. And I, it's my Lakers. But you know, y'all, if y'all watched this show, even if you haven't watched it yet, but you've listened, listened, you know, it's a back and forth thing. Like you know, they're doing good a couple of games and then they lose. And that's the case of today. They get beat by the L.A. Clippers. Now, I've been racking on the the Clippers for the last couple of days, and um, they they beat my Lakers. You know, I said, "Who in the world are fans of the Clippers?" Well, they had fans there last night. They sure did. Uh, and they were there to cheer them on as they beat the Lakers. So, okay. We, we, we talked about this. I, w- I want to touch on this just right out the gate. Let's get this out of the way. LeBron James. I, I knew it. I knew it. LeBron James is not here to win a championship. He could care less about winning. He is here to, as you like to say the word, use the word, stat pad. Uh, he scored 46 points last night, and they still lost. Now, he's, was 107 points away now from Kareem yeah. Abdul-Jabbar. He, and also, I think he shot... Nine threes, yeah. Did another career high for him in the first quarter. I, I, it's like I told you before the show when we were uh, discussing this. 
there are videos out there, you know, people that are that sit relatively close to the to the floor. That you know, they have a little bit of conversation with the players. And they ask LeBron, you know, what do you think uh about whatever stat that, you know, stat chart he's at the top of, you know, is he gonna he's gonna pass it or is you know, he's gonna break that record? And you know, his response is always you know, well, I'm worried more about I'm trying to win a championship. I'm not worried about uh stats and all that and well, you know, something to that effect. But his response don't match his game because that right there does not tell me that you're trying to win. That tells me you're trying to get that number one scoring spot. That doesn't tell me that you're out there, you're trying to win. Now, of course, I know you would want to win, but that right there, the way he's been playing these last two games has not told me. It's just like I talked about yesterday, what he did. Uh, it's one, you know, pushing his player to the side and just driving it down the paint. It shows me that you're not trying to win a game for your team. You're trying to stat pad. You're trying to build your stats to get that spot. He would. It would be asinine to even ask or to even pretend as if he doesn't realize where he's at on this, on that list. Well, I think he does that because he thinks it'll win him national sympathy. That, oh, I'm not here for the stats. You know, so that people will actually... He's like Jerry Jones. He thinks if he says something enough that they'll believe him. But it's not true. Like, everything points to the fact that you're only here to build your resume yeah. for the Hall of Fame. Everybody's in this... In this it, that became clear to me last night, you know. Because I was seeing it. I was like, okay, maybe he isn't. But last night kind of, kind of, you know, that did it for me. Well, like so I said, so you score forty six points and your team doesn't win. So what is the four, why does it matter? Yeah. Like what what is your forty six points matter? You know, how about let, let's average more than you know seven rebounds a game? How about that? Because you actually have a roster around you that could be a successful basketball team, but you want to take over and try and lead the charge, if you will, and you're not capable of doing that. That's what gets me about LeBron James. He is not capable of just taking over a basketball game anymore, but he goes out there like he's still somebody. And he's somebody in name only. LeBron James, yes, he's putting up points. Yes, he's going to do all those things. But LeBron James is nowhere near the court presence that he was in times past. Not at all. You know, you can do things now to negate his presence on the court. There was a time that it didn't matter what you did, whether you double-teamed him, whether you, you know, tried to to run your offense the other side, whatever the case may be, he, he was still a presence. Even on the defensive side of the ball at one point, I mean, he he was a, a fairly good defender. But now he's, he's reached that point in his career where, as you said, you know, before the show, he's just selling tickets. Like, he, he's putting, you know, people in the seats. Yeah. Because they want to they wanna see this. Now, Pat Riley, and I don't even know why he would come out and say this, Pat Riley came out, uh, yesterday, and he said, well, he said, I, I think that the, the Lakers could compete for a championship uh, next season. You know, that they're, they're a championship caliber basketball team. My question is, where? and Pat Riley's a pretty good executive, by the way. Like, he, he turned out to be one of those that could actually coach and, and be a good executive. Mm-hmm. Where does he look at that roster and go, that's a championship roster, as long as LeBron's on there? Like, it, it feels like somebody asked him, hey, we need you to come take up for LeBron. Because he's played for you in Miami, you know you're still a a, a big name in L.A. We need you to kind of 
help our PR. It, I, I just reading, you know, the comments, it, it you got the sense that somebody called him and said, "Hey, we need a little bit of a boost because everybody knows that the last two Lakers legends to talk about LeBron James have both said you get rid of him." <laughs> In yeah. Magic Johnson, Phil Jackson. So, it's not boding well, and you it just it really felt like a forced thing for Pat Riley. Because, like I said, he's still in Miami. He, he has nothing to do with the Lakers. He, you know, nothing to do with him. In fact, his team, a few years ago, was in the finals against the same Lakers. So now, all of a sudden, you're going to come out of the woodworks just as LeBron is, you know, creeping towards Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's record and say that? No. I, I You know, coincidence much? I don't think so. It, it just, it feels like, at this point, the Lakers are floundering. They're still talking about... You know, do you trade Patrick Beverly for who and why? Like, what, yes, did, what did Pat Bev do to you? But you that's know? that's the thing is <laughs> they just traded away Kendrick Nunn for Rui, right? It's out of Washington. And now you're looking at trade. If they're looking at trading Pat Bev, I'm with you. Who are you going to trade him for and why? Because Pat Beverly, if anything, has kind of kept the flavor on that team. As far as, you know, defensive takeaways, defensive stops, making shots. He hasn't done anything inherently wrong or wrong at all. But if you're you're Pat Beverly, man, you have to look at your game and say, my game is fine. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm 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 helping the team the way I was brought in to do. You know, yeah. I'm doing everything that I was brought in to do. You have to. And this I've said this before. You have to check some of those. You have to check mainly LeBron on some of the things that he does because it seems to go unnoticed. It seems to go like, oh well, uh, it's LeBron, so we're gonna give him a a pass. You know, no, some of the stuff LeBron does isn't good for the team, and so. Somebody has to be checked. Somebody has to check him. But if Pat Beverly, there's no need to trade him. I think it'll be it'll be wrong. It'll be dumb at this point to trade him in the season um, because you don't have anybody else. There's nobody else out there uh, that plays defense like that. He fits your defensive play on that team. You know, he may not score as many points, but he can play some defense. He he, he you know he matches that intensity. So you keep Pat Beverly. I, I at this point, man, I don't think Lakers should trade anybody else. Well, okay. Speaking of that, so uh, Rob Palinka came out yesterday, and these were his comments uh, that he uh, would be willing to part with first round draft picks. Why? For who? Uh, let's see here. I'm I'm trying to make sure. So the Lakers don't plan to deal for the sake of dealing. He is prepared to offer both the team's 2027 and 2029 first-round picks if the right trade comes along. This was his quote. He said, I think the calculus for the Lakers is to win a championship or not. There's no in-between or incremental growth. So as we analyze opportunities, we have to do it through the lens. And I said this at the beginning of the season. If there's an opportunity to get all the way to the end and win a championship, there's no resource we'll hold on to if we feel like it. If that's there, but at the same time, the completely unwise thing to do would be to shoot a bullet early and then not have it later when you have a better championship move to make. So that's a really delicate calculus. If we see a move so, that puts us as a front front runner 
to get another championship, the 18th one here will make it. And if that move doesn't present itself, we'll be smart to make it. So that right there tells me you don't shoot a bully too soon, just not have it later on. It tells me that they're not looking at getting rid of LeBron. Uh, that, that tells me that that's out of the question. That tells me they're willing to do anything else other than get rid of LeBron. If that, even yeah. if that means getting rid of uh, first-round draft picks just to get who, I don't know. Um, because here's the truth. Who is going to be out there in that market then? Well, and that that's... So that's the question, because I'm looking here. So as far as their salary cap issue goes, Russell Westbrook and Patrick Beverly are, have a combined $60 million in expiring salaries after the year. So that that's off your books after the year. So you can either bring them back or let them go and create around $34 million in salary space here. But who do you think, if you're Rob Polinka, uh, who do you think is out there that fits that? Like, let's say you make this trade, and you know that you know you've got the you, you trade one of those one of those two, Russell Westbrook and Pat Bev, and then you let the other one walk it, to create yeah. the space. Who but, are you replacing them with? Because AD is supposed to come back tonight. Yeah. But if I'm AD, why am I wasting my time? Because what if I go out there and get hurt again? For a team that's going nowhere, by the way. So okay, I'm trying to think. It's going to be a. It's got to be a top player out there. That's going not, to, not right now. Not right now, yeah. but when they, when he's talking about yes, he they so got he, somebody in mind. Yes, so I'll, I. In the next four or five years, right? Twenty seven, twenty eight. Uh, twenty six and twenty, or 26. no, twenty seven and twenty nine picks. Okay. So I'm I'm looking at you. That's what that's roughly that's like roughly four years from now. Uh, twenty seven is, and it's four and six years. Four. So you're training your picks four and six years down the road for some guy that's going to be nearly thirty years old. Yeah. To placate LeBron, and and here's the deal: you brought in Pat Beth. Unless you in your big because pick. there's still room. I don't see LeBron playing in the next four to six years. No way, right? No, no, like, he, he's going to be 44 years old. And besides, 44. When, when is Bronny eligible to be drafted? After his rookie year in college. I mean, first year in college. Freshman year in college. So it'd be before 2027. I was about to say, yeah, it'll be why would you trade around away the pick that could draft Bronny? Because uh, they, the they could possibly get him before then. He'd yeah, be, that would be before then. Yeah. Um, but I, the only... Top players then, this is why I say this, it, it wouldn't be a smart move. Top players then, you got to look at how young they are. We're talking about players that are rookies now. Yeah. Basically, top players. We'll be top players or then. Players that you're looking at now that are still young, it's like like a Trey Young, uh, a Devin Booker. Yeah. Um, Kyle Kuzma, but Washington's refusing to get rid of him. Kyle Kuzma. And, but you wouldn't trade. Yeah, you wouldn't not, trade a first round well, for Kyle. Yeah, Kuzma. but you're not bringing him back in the fold. No, not after that. Um, maybe a Jason Tatum. Uh, yeah, but you got to think Boston's not parting with him. You hear me? Uh, 
I mean, they, uh, out of the guys that's that the only ones listed, I can. Trey Young's the only one that I could see possibly. Mavericks getting aren't getting rid of Luca. When you start looking around the league, there's not a lot of moving pieces. No, because there's not as many top players. I mean, uh, maybe a Donovan Mitchell, maybe. Maybe. Dame Lillard. That's a possibility. But, I mean, it's still, though, that's what, six? And out of the six that you've listed, there's probably three or four realistic yeah, possibilities. Yeah, of them, yeah. It, but and the only possibilities out of that is Dame Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, and uh, possibly Trey Young. Cause I yeah, could, possibly Trey Young. If they can't get things turned around in Atlanta, I could see him saying, yeah. I want out. And, trying to force the issue. Yeah, but those are your worthy first-round trade picks. Okay, but if, if you're one of those guys, why why in the world would you want to play with LeBron James? You've seen how he's murdered everybody else's careers. It's the, same, it's the same question you had to ask Chris Paul. You know, because that was, that was uh, a trade that was supposed to happen years ago. Yeah. It never happened. Before LeBron was even thought of going to the Lakers. I suppose that when that's this is back when Kobe was still there after that championship season. Yeah. Uh Chris Paul was supposed to go there, but it never went through. That trade never went through. Um But you look at Chris Paul now, is when he says, you know, he doesn't want to play with LeBron. You know, he they're best friends, you know. But, but he doesn't want he to doesn't, play with he doesn't want to play well, with well, them. Well, ask Carmelo how that worked out. I mean, yeah. you know, it it doesn't it playing with LeBron James. These guys think every all of these guys have thought, okay, this is going to resurrect my because I get to play with LeBron James. And to a point, it did do that for Kevin Love. They, I, I will give the benefit of the doubt that the fact that he got to play with LeBron James kind of put him back on the map after you know so many people had written him off. But outside of that, Kyrie had built his own name when when LeBron you know spurned the Cavs to go to Miami. You know, he didn't have to have LeBron James. Right. Uh, so, it's not like LeBron is known for, you know, Dwight Howard was his own guy before LeBron James. Chris Bosh, his own player before LeBron James. It's not like LeBron James takes guys and puts them on the map. You know, you, at, like I said, outside that that one incident with, with in which you did do that for Kevin Love, but outside that, you don't put guys on the map. So, if I'm any of those guys, why do I want to play with LeBron James. I'm going kicking and screaming down the hallway if you trade me to LA right now. Like there's no way. I'm a you know, if I'm that guy, I'm I'm, I'm acting like I lost my plane ticket. Like I'm not I'm not going. Yeah. Because it's a death trap. And there's no clear direction. That's my thing. You know, you've got these guys now coming out and saying, well we think we can compete, then why have you not done anything to put yourself in a position to compete this year? You know, you, you acted like you were doing that. You brought in your new head coach, brought in a different philosophy, so he brings in Pat Bev, and then Pat Bev, you know, LeBron seems to kind of have some, some issues there because Pat Bev wants to, to act like, hey, they, they played with me. You know, and, and so I knew right away, well, that's going to be a problem. And then you still have Rob Polick. Here's the issue. The crux of the issue is this. Until Rob Polinka quits listening to LeBron James, Nothing's going to change in L.A. Because everything Le- that, that Palenka does is catered around LeBron. Period. Yeah. And he lets well, LeBron it, call the shot. It's, it's like <laughs> we've talked about before. Palenka is an agent turned GM. Yeah. So he's going to do what he thinks is best for the player. That's going to bring him more money. 
He's looking at the financial aspect. Yeah, and, and you know, it's it's not about you know he it's, it is about championships, but at the same time, you're not looking at at the team as a whole per se. And this is why I say when you do that, then everybody else falls under LeBron's shadow. You don't want that to happen because then that happens. This that but you made a good point. Why would you want to go? To L.A. with LeBron there right now. When and, and, and you made a name for yourself, your household yeah. name. Why would you go to another someone else's household and they're the household name there? Right, it when, makes no sense. When he's clearly showing he doesn't want to coexist. That's yeah. my thing. It's now it would be different if all these guys that had come in previous, you know, he had coexisted, he had played with them or whatever. You've got Russell Westbrook on the floor, and he's not. Feeding him at all? No. It's hey, I'm gonna go get mine, and you figure it out. Yeah. Well, it's you. It's three of them on the floor with him. Yeah. Pat Beverly is yeah, one. Pat, of, Pat Beverly, too. Russ, and AD are all household names from where they come from, and they're on the team with LeBron. But you don't. It's like with LeBron on there, you don't recognize that anymore. Yeah. You know, and maybe they're good. You know, they're willing to. Uh, Settle and say, okay, I want to, you know, I'm willing to kind of deaden down my game and play under LeBron. Maybe they're willing to do that. AD, we know, has put up averaging 40-plus games a night, you know. Mm-hmm. That's possibly more than LeBron when he plays. Yeah, he's and when got, he, a, when he's when got he, a higher points per game average. When he plays LeBron. and when he's healthy. But also... You look at Russell Westbrook, who, leading the league in triple-doubles, can put up points like it's nothing, and now it's like, you know, okay, that's Russ. You know, it's yeah. not it's not anything like, oh, man, that's Russ doing what Russ... No, it's like, okay, you know, Russ is cooking, okay? That's the Russ that's cooking. It's yeah. Russell Westbrook. <laughs> yeah, it's not Russell uh, Wilson. But you do that, and you don't put, you don't put them under LeBron. You know, those guys deserve as much respect as LeBron is getting because they've done things in their career that nobody else has done. And so, when you're talking about trading away your your 20, uh, what, 20, 26 and 29? Yeah. Uh, pick, when you're talking about doing that, you're, you're, you're talking about just, no, 27, 29. Uh, you're talking about guys who are, Already stated their stake their claim. They've put a dent in their career right now. Mm-hmm. They've stamped it, and so when they get into their thirties, they're not even in their. They're on the back end of their prime. You know, there's no nothing else. So for them to even claim at that point, they continue in their game. Well, you're not close enough to a championship right now to mortgage your future. Exactly, and that's what it, shocks me like- about Polinka is why is he willing to do that. You don't have a, a solid roster right now to even mention, or oh, we're going to draft, we're going to, you know, take away, we're going to take away two of our first round picks. Yeah. You don't. You just don't. You, you, <laughs> you're not in a position to do that. But I, like I said, Rob Palenka is an agent turned GM. He and And he's looking at it from a money situation and who can we obtain, uh, but not maintain. Right. You know, that's the thing. He's trying to obtain players without ma- trying to maintain a good roster. Mm-hmm. You know, 
And that's what's going to hurt the Lakers in the in, in the long run is that they're obtaining all these players just like they did last season with Melo and Dwight Howard, bringing all of them back. They're trying to obtain all these players, but they're not maintaining a roster that works together. And if you continue in this in this path, it's going to be the same results. You know, you're gonna you're gonna hold that 13th. You're gonna be good enough to hold that 13th position and stay there. and stay in the playoffs. Yeah. But you're not gonna be good. You're not gonna be good enough to actually get to where you should be as a Lakers, as a Lakers organization, um, who one of the most prominent uh, organizations in the in the NBA, and hold that record if you continue in this cycle. Mm. You know, you know, you didn't you didn't get a bunch of star players when you won that championship. You don't you, but you had a solid team. You maintained a solid team, mm-hmm. and it fell apart. And so, and now you're in the you're just in the cycle of trying to obtain but not maintain. So, for for the Lakers, you have to really, really consider where you're going to move LeBron James, uh, and what you're going to do with him. If you're going to keep him, you most likely you're gonna you're gonna draft his son. Uh, what getting some interaction. <laughs> He said one of those picks doesn't belong to them, so it's best to get some young players out of them picks. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but I mean, you just gotta you you really gotta think about this. I don't I don't see I don't see why you would do that. But who knows what's coming out? What's going to well, be in, in the college, you know, ranks around those years? Who who knows? It, well, right, but but. It's just the fact that you don't want to... I agree with the comment that you don't want to mortgage your future for it. Like, it's just... Not not that. You know, you don't want to You don't want to blow that opportunity that you may have down the road. And besides that, L.A. has just become a revolving door of big names. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, you know, that, that LeBron... Okay, let's try this. And let's try this guy. And let's bring him in. And let's do that. And none of it works. And then LeBron doesn't take responsibility. Like, if I'm Rob Polinka, right... <clears throat> As dumb as as I think Rob Polinka is on on the things that he does and the way that he's just run that organization to the ground, I still think that he's not totally responsible because it still comes down to LeBron pushing around his weight. And if I'm Rob Polinka, I take the podium and I go ask that guy, and I point right at him, and I and it goes back to what I have brought up on this show a couple of times that really just did not sit well with me the, after the first game of the year where LeBron gets up in front of the press and says, well, it's not like we've got a bunch of shooters. Well, you built the roster, LeBron, so how about you take a little bit of responsibility for your job as the de facto general manager? Well, and you I, want to do that I, look at, I look at it like this. Is LeBron doesn't have, you know, for what he didn't see in the beginning, but as of right now, they have, they have shooters. Yeah. But this is the thing. You the shoot the guys that are shooters you want to you're wanting to trade away you can't trade a Westbrook you can't trade an AD you can't trade a Pat Beverly and I'm not saying Pat Beverly's the best best shooter in the league but he, he but brings a defensive he has to that the yes he has that he matches that defensive intensity that uh, Darvin Ham wants yeah you know, if you trade team. Pat Bev you cut Darvin Ham's legs because you hired him because he came in and said we're gonna restore you know restore a a sense of grit to this basketball team. We're going to bring in a, a a defensive presence. We're going to have that kind of right. a mindset. And for and, the most, yeah, for the most part, they have and they have. But if you take away Pat Bev, you, 
you're telling yeah. Darvin Ham, yeah, we don't care about your philosophy. We care about what LeBron wants to do here. But and I go back. It, nobody survived coaching LeBron James. But and I, 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 I say it like this is what I, you know, I said at the beginning. I get the sense that for LeBron at this point, it's it's not about championships. You know, like I said, he's trying to get that number one spot. Uh, he can say all he all day, well, you know, well, I'm worried about championship winning games. I'm not worried about no stats. Yes, you are, LeBron. Otherwise, you wouldn't have pushed off your own player the other night just to go for a basket um, by yourself while they're trying to set up an offense. Uh, and then... <laughs> And then you wouldn't have, I mean, going up nine threes in the first first quarter. Yeah, you're you clearly just trying you're, to you're trying to you're trying to get that number one spot. Now who knows what will happen once he get that number one spot? If he gets that number one spot and say, "All right, I'm done. That's all I wanted." Y'all can, you know, I, do I'll what take you a, want to do. yeah, do what you want to do. I'll take a step back. I just want. We don't know what'll happen after he did because it's obviously he's going to get that this year. You know, you're only, it, what, 107 points away? Yeah, you're, you're he, he's going to get it this year. It's already set, um, barring it, unless he gets hurt. You know, that's the only way. Um, yeah, but, he won't play uh, while he's injured for anything else, but I guarantee you, he tweaks that little hamstring. He'll still be on the court trying to score points, tagging <laughs> up threes. But he, I mean, you watched some of that last night. He, you would have thought he thinks he's Steph Curry. Like he, <laughs> well, I was like, somebody's going to tell this guy he. You're not him. Oh, he's not Steph Curry. And this is the thing is, you know, like I said, he said that was another record also that he set with nine three. Well, career high for him, nine threes in the first quarter. That did absolutely uh, no good. Yeah, I mean, no, it didn't help them in the end, but that's why I look at, you know, he scored all these points, but what did everybody else do? Now, you can take that statement and you can turn it whichever way you want. You can turn you can Make it as, okay, he did all this, and as a team leader, you know, they still didn't win. Or you can take it in, okay, he did all this, and nobody else did anything else. Well, I take it as, he did all this, and he's a ball hog, and Man. he doesn't want any other place to play. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I mean, but AD will be back. And if you're LeBron James, why do you want this kind of publicity? It's LeBron James. This is this is this is the thing. This is why LeBron James is who LeBron James is because people like us talk about him constantly, and he's constantly in the in the headlines. It's what we've talked about before. He built his brand off his name simply because of who he is. Not just his game, but just his name alone can be mentioned and in any topic regarding basketball, maybe even football sometimes. Because yeah, because that's just how he is. I mean, but but he's going to get publicity, whatever, whether it's good or bad. Well, that's true. But that's that's why I posed that question because it feels like now LeBron's reached that point. He just wants to be relevant in the news, good, bad, or otherwise. He really doesn't care. There was a point where you know he would kind of push back on some things and try and make sure that he kept up a certain image. But now it, it, it appears as if he just doesn't care. As long as you're talking about him in some form or fashion, but this is, he, he seems satisfied. This is what I said the other day on the show. LeBron, man, at the basketball, has other things lined up. Kobe did. Kobe played basketball, and Kobe was a he, – he, basketball was his life. Even after he retired, he went on to train other players he, and, and coach. He slept it, dreamed it, lived Yes, he had a whole a, academy for it. So – that's what Kobe did. Basketball was his life. 
right? Yeah. LeBron James is playing basketball, but after LeBron James retire, he can go on to own his own team, uh, continue to coach up his sons, but he also has movie deals. He's even producing movies. He has shoes. You know, all he this he has a school. Factory. Yes, like it's, the it's not James factory. It's, it, yeah, so it's not like he is playing because you know basketball is going to be just his whole life. No, I mean this guy. I mean, this man is doing other things. So <clears throat> as of right now, it looks like he's not even. It's like he he's on relaxed mode. I yeah. told you, I told you. When LeBron get LeBron James first got to L.A., he did not get to L.A. to and, and for what it seems to lead and to be a, 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 a team. He's there to relax. He's possibly going to retire there. Yeah, that's what LeBron James went to L.A. to do. And Kick so back yeah, but and I'm still waiting. I'm I'm waiting for him to do that. But and you have the players now to where he can do that. If AD can, this is a, this is what I'm saying. All we need need is for AD to stay healthy these next three four months to get into the playoffs and go however you know deep they can get into the playoffs. Just stay healthy, and that's the thing with the the issue is you have players, you have a leader. AD's a leader, but he can't stay healthy, which forces LeBron back into that rotation the way he is. But all you need is an is AD to stay healthy. Now this is another name that could be brought up again. Um, is well, it's, it'll be hopefully maybe the same thing. If not the same thing, is Brandon Ingram. You know, you can go get him, yeah. you can go get him out of New Orleans. I think the health would be a question there too. Yeah, but I could see that being a good, you know, bring him in and and see what he can do. Uh, Boston, on the other hand, has oh, now lost two in a row. Uh, they lost ninety eight to ninety five to Miami last night after losing to. Orlando prior to that. Now, last night they did have to play without Jalen Brown and Al Horford. Florida just ain't their place. Huh? But it just ain't their place. You know, and now you start looking at that, that there in the East, the 76ers are right on their heels three and a half games out of first place. And you may they have keep losing Boston. Yeah. Uh, you keep losing. Yeah, 76ers going to walk straight up and say thank you. But I think that this is a picture of how hard it is over the stretch of a season. A full season to stay that dominant. Yeah, because you're going to have stretches. Now, do I? Th- I still think that they're the favorite to win a championship. I, you know, I think that they're probably the best overall basketball team in the NBA, top to bottom. But having said that, this little skid is just proof in the pudding that hey, listen, it, it's tough. To just steamroll everybody every single yeah. night and well, to maintain that intensity and and that ability to well, do you that. Well, you said a couple of their players didn't play, right? Yeah, Jalen so, Brown. So Al okay, so those are some of their top players yeah. on that roster. So that's another thing is is is, is uh, injuries. Yep, that affects a team more so than anything else as far as <gasps> excuse me, as far as in, intens- intensity goes, is that they remain healthy throughout the season. Mm-hmm. We've seen it time and time again where a team will be on a roll and they'll have all, you know, they'll be great from top to bottom. Then there's an injury. Yeah. You know, there's an injury to one of their key players and they're out for uh, uh, X amount of time. And so that's another thing is with, you know, the good teams, you got to stay healthy. When you, you've seen that with Brooklyn, you know, they're, they're still treading water. They're doing what I said they needed to do. They, they're, they're treading water. 
you know, a little bit here. They're they're only four and a half games out. They've got a big game against the 76ers tonight. That's a big one. Yeah. You know, if you can pick one off from Philadelphia, they're already nipping on the heels of Boston. Boston seems to have kind of come back down to earth temporarily here. So I think tonight's a big a big night for Brooklyn as yeah. well. I'm looking forward to see what Kyrie Irving is going to do because he had a big game the other night yeah. uh, that led them to a win. Um, and so that's what, that's the Kyrie Irving that I've been talking about. Yeah, that's the Kyrie Irving that I've been wanting to see um, in these last this year in this season. Yeah, you know because last year is kind of like he didn't get to do that because all the other extra stuff that was going on. But it's this year he's back and he's playing. You know he has a good team around him. It seems that you know he's he's not settled, but he's finally okay. I just want to play ball. You know, yeah. I just want to ball, and he's balling. And he's one of the few players in the league that's actually a hooper. Like he, he just hoops. You know, basketball is what he does, and so that's what he's showing. You know, I'm still Kyrie Irving. You yeah, know, don't sleep on me. Uh, KD is still one of those guys. You know that will help. Will be a big help to that team right now. Uh, but he's only out for a month, right? Well, uh, was it a month? Not sure. He was cleared. That's what I was checking on. So as of last night, he was cleared for running and on-court basketball activities. He's scheduled to be reassessed in another two weeks. So yeah, about a month. Yeah. So I mean, you're looking at that, and and you're saying, okay, once he gets back, you know, hopefully not rushed back because that happens yeah. with him before. You want to make sure he's all good before you put him back on the court. And for the game tonight, you know, against the 76ers, Joel Embiid uh, is listed as questionable. So that that yeah. could be that. This is one you could pick off. Yeah, you know, you you could pick this off. You got, and that's been the question with Kyrie Irving for the past couple of years: is does he still want to play basketball? You know, there there, there was all the off the court issues and yeah. and some things he would say on the podcast and and you know just general things he would tweet out. And it made you wonder, does he still want to play basketball? But right now he's answering that question. He's saying, listen, I, I still want to play. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to put up my points. I'm going to ball out. I'm going to be a, a well, de facto leader. You, you had then. We well, needed. You had then those two years that all this was happening with Kyrie Irving. You had then. There was a lot going on in the world. And Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Irving is empathetic to that kind of, kind of stuff. Yeah. So he was looking at, you know, family matters, uh, looking at his own health, his family's health. Um, and so he, that basketball wasn't his main focus then, as it wasn't for a lot of athletes. You know, sports wasn't their main focus. They was focused on their family their, their, and their, their own health and all this other stuff going on. Uh, so sports wasn't the main focus. And, you know... Of course, a lot of things that he said in that time would seem to overshadow that. Hey, you're still a you know a part of a business that's yeah. paying you. You know, and I don't I don't blame him in that sense. But as you can see now, as things have kind of calmed down, he's gotten more level headed on the matters. He, and he's back to just yeah, he's basketball. back to just playing basketball. So that kind of answers your question. You know, it never basketball was never in the question for him. But it was in the question of what stake, you know, because they were wanting him to do things that he were against. Yeah. And so he was like, okay, is it worth it at this point for me to go against my beliefs and, you know, this country's, you know, constitutional right? You can't force me to do something I don't want to do that could 
you know, interfere with my own health. And so, like I said, those matters were necessary. I understand that. But you get the sense that, you know, part of, you know, as, as part of being part of a business and that's paying you millions, that was the last thing on his on his mind. But now as he's back at it, he's level, he's level headed. Um, you know, he's being a leader. It's like when he's back in Boston, Boston, or well, not Boston, uh, Ohio in Cleveland. Yeah. You know, he's, he's that leader. He's that Kyrie Irving. Like I said, he, he was the one that he stepped up after LeBron, you know, spurned the Cavs and he did what he had to do. I think, I think we forgot about that. You know, I think, I think in the midst of everything, we forgot about that. And then you had Kevin Durant come in. So they they team up, and then it became about Steve Nash and that whole. And, and by the way, I, I I do want to touch on that just for a second here. You know, I criticize that move. Why did you get rid of Steve Nash? But I can't ignore the fact that Jacques Vaughn has settled that basketball team down, and he's got them to just play. And it it does cause me to question whether or not. <clears throat> We, we gave Steve Nash the benefit of the doubt because he was a great player. And we he was a good guy. Like, we wanted him to do well. Yeah. And now you look back at that move because, like I said, I, I was one of the, the early critics. I said, why why would you do that? You know, he didn't he didn't do this. Kevin Durant, you know, said all of what he said. Kyrie said what he said. All of that. But there's something... There, there was something going on. I, I don't know that we'll ever, because, you know, Steve Nash has just kind of gone his own way. He's not interviewing for jobs. He's not in the mix. He's not, you know, and, and maybe in the offseason if there's, you know, some openings, and, and no doubt there will be. I'd be interested to see if his name's brought up in conversation. But he's not, you know, making the rounds on the shows. He, he's not doing any of that. So it just makes me wonder, what was it about Steve Nash? You know, that made them not respect him. Made, made it to where he couldn't run that basketball team, whereas it seems like Jock Vaughn has, has really just stepped up, filled that void, and calmed things down, you know, over there in Brooklyn. I don't know. Steve Nash, he's never really been, if you, if you watch his career, even as a player, he's never been that laid back, you know, just easygoing. He's, very, he's always been intense. Yeah straightforward and you know let's go let's get after it type of player even uh in his coaching career yeah you know so i mean you he's very aggressive in his approach to to things and so you look at jacques vaughn and jacques vaughn he fits the mentality of that team the intensity of that team it's it's not it's more kind of relaxed laid back and just chill i mean you look at the type of players they have that the, the the top three that's always talked about is Ben Simmons, Kyrie, and uh, KD. Those they're they're intense, but they're laid back, they're chill, and they're relaxed. So to have a head coach that same way, you're able to relate to, you're able to uh, communicate with better, better to understand. And I don't think that was m- mixing with KD, and um, I don't think it affected Kyrie much. But I don't think it was mixing with KD. But you just look at what they're doing. I mean, doing all this. Obviously, something is working, whatever it is. Well, the big one is Ben Simmons. Because, you know, Ben Simmons gets traded and then doesn't want to play. And that was yeah. that was my... 
you didn't hurt your back sitting on the bench. Like you yeah. just you just don't want to play. And I think, and now he's playing for Jacques Vaughn. Yeah, like, you know. I, because I think there may have been a conversation where listen, I'm not asking you to do all the heavy lifting. Yeah, you know, because that's have what to be that guy. Yeah, because that was what was expected of him coming out into the NBA. Yeah. And over in Philly, you know, you're supposed to be this guy. You're supposed to be that guy, you know. And so maybe it was a conversation. I'm not asking you to do all the heavy lifting, but I am asking you to put forth some effort and, you know, to, to do something. Um, And maybe, you know, it, it's, it's, it's the fans as well. Because, you know, he has said that the fans over in, in, in Philly, Philly that boy they were ruthless they yeah. were wearing him out and, and social media wasn't helping so <laughs> you get over to Brooklyn it's a little bit more it's more relaxed you know the fans aren't as brutal um and so you you you're able to just kind of relax and say okay now I feel like I'm in a state to where and mental I'm in a state uh physically and mentally where I I, I can play yeah. and, and be comfortable do what I can do and be comfortable uh, knowing I'm not getting scrutinized every night because you know of what I what I do on the court and what I'm not doing on off you know off the court and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, I mean that is a that's a big situation. I mean you've got Ben Simmons playing again. That's mm-hmm. that's big. Yeah, j- just the fact that he's on the court and he's being fairly productive. Yeah, uh, you know I thought that that was worth mentioning. So you know we'll we'll keep an eye on some more of the the NBA action that'll be going on tonight uh, and all the the moving pieces with that. So in college football, we, we've talked about this situation on and off. It's kind of in and out of the news uh, periodically is Michigan football, their program. They had to fire Michigan. co-offensive coordinator Matt Weiss for illegally hacking into the uh, emails uh, there in Schimbeckler Hall where his office was located. Uh, not a lot of uh, details as to what what all happened there, but they, they did let him go. That that's not as big of an issue because they did the right thing. They immediately placed him on leave, investigated, found what, found out what they needed to find out. They fired him. Not that big of a deal. The other side of that though that is a big deal is what is the NCAA gonna do? Because they have yet to announce everything that's going on. They did start releasing a little bit of information as far as the infractions. So it does involve a hamburger. It does involve a meal. But on top of that, here here's the other thing. The big to-do is that it happened during the so-called COVID dead period when you weren't supposed to be having in-person meetings with a player. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so now we're going to bring this up and go after Jim Harbaugh? That was, what, two years ago? Yeah, during the COVID dead period. Well... It spilled into the 2021, you know, recruiting process too. But still, we're so worried about the COVID dead period. Is it that they're just not finding out about it, or they've been knowing about it? So apparently, this had been a self-reported. Like it, it was one thing where th- there were a couple of things that had happened. One of them was that a, a assistant, like a GA kind of assistant isn't supposed to be down on the field during practice, but they used him in some drills, and then there was another little instant. Not that big of a deal, so they went and reported it, right? Like, they self-reported, hey, this happened, we took care of it, just want to let you know. Well, when they did that, the NCAA said, well, that's a couple of infractions, so we're going to go ahead and do an investigation. And in the course of the investigation, 
they find out about this meeting in the COVID dead period at like a Chili's or Apple. It was like something, you know, like that, where they sat down at a restaurant. He bought the kid a burger, but it was in person, and God forbid that you meet during the COVID dead period. Because some kid could have, you know, caught COVID. Can't do that. You can promise a player $17 million and not pay him, but can't meet during the COVID dead period. Lord forbid. If that happens, that's just the end of the world for college football. I, I go back to, what did Jim Harbaugh do to the NCAA? Like, why now? I see why now he was trying to get the heck out of that bed. Because I, you, he knew about this. Yes. And, and so you, you have to think that he he looked at this and he goes, okay. It's a witch hunt for me for whatever. Like, <laughs> like I'm getting treated like John Gruden over here. The Denver job's kind of intriguing to me. The Carolina job's kind of intriguing to me, so I'm going to go do that. And then it was like, you know, Ono comes out and says, listen, listen, we whatever it takes, we'll, we'll give you more money, we'll do this, and we'll do that. And I assumed, because of the timing of everything, because immediately after that, it kind of goes quiet, right? The, this whole investigation stuff goes quiet. So, you know, it leads everybody to believe that maybe there was a conversation between Santa Ono and the NCAA, where it was kind of this mutual agreement of, we get to bring back one of the bigger names in, in college football. We want him here, so y'all just leave us alone. But here they come again. You see, this, the COVID this, is, this is what I'm talking about with the NCAA. Is that they're nitpicky. I knew it's they're nitpicky with the little stuff, but as soon as the big stuff arrives, it takes them forever in the day. They, have, they, have they addressed the, the Florida... Get no. the NIO deal? So that's going radio silent as about what's so, going to happen. So okay, uh, what the about problem, the transport? The the transfer portal being full of athletes. They want well. The only thing that you know they they did that thing where if you're in there the second time you, yeah. you have to. That's the only way that they've addressed that. But there's still what over two. Last I checked, over two thousand players were still in the portal trying to get out of the, where yeah. they're at. So man, you know what? They're mad about a hamburger. And, 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 and COVID. In a meeting. And COVID. Come on. Let's bring up COVID again. Come on, man. Be serious. Like, be for real. Like, I mean, I see why he was like, I'm ready to go to the NFL. <laughs> I worry about this. Because you don't, I mean, okay, but he's you, done okay. nothing inherently wrong. But here's the other thing if I'm Jim Harbaugh. The heat's off of you now. Because, nope, the NFL's given up. That's yeah. two years in a row. You've kind of here, there, here, there. No, I'm not going to do it. You're not getting phone, your name's not at the top end of the list next year. You're not getting the phone calls. You know, if you if there's any if there's any discussion of you in the NFL, it's because you're calling somebody. Yeah, but they're not calling you next year. The phone's not going to ring. The so only, you've committed to Michigan. Yeah. So why in the world would the NCAA then pile on to you? I mean, and and I go back to what I said earlier. Why, John, uh, uh, Jim Harbaugh is one of the bigger name coaches in college football. Like, it's Jim Harbaugh, Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, and Lane Kiffin, and, and I guess you include Jimbo Fisher. Mm-hmm. You know, Chip Kelly, I mean, not Chip, uh, 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 Brian, Brian Kelly, Kelly, you know, is in that conversation, then Lincoln Riley, because he's pretty boy Lincoln Riley. Like, yeah. everybody just fell in love with him, whatever. But outside of that, the other guys are just football coaches. I guess you did. I mention Jimbo Fisher, like that you would probably yeah. still include Jimbo Fisher. But outside of that, everybody's just a college football coach. And then you had Mike Leach, may he rest in peace. But he, he's gone now. Yeah. So you know you lost that personality. 
Ryan Day, nobody likes Ryan Day. Like Ryan Day is he's lost twice to Michigan. He he ran his mouth when he got the job. He inherited a great team. We have Dabo Sweeney as well. Yeah, but Dabo Dabo's lost some of his shine. Like if they have a if they have a good year this year, then maybe he's back in the conversation. But he's kinda lost some of his his stuff. Yeah. Well, because everybody loved Dabo because of the shtick. You know, the, the he, he was more of the co- the high school kind of guy. You know, clap his hands, rah, rah, let's go get him. You know, all of that. And now it's kind of like, well, that worked with Trevor Lawrence, but it didn't work with DJ on the Lele. And what about this new guy? You know, so so he's kind of on the periphery. But he could be in that conversation. But but if you're the NCAA, why would you want to push one of those guys out of your con- like out of the league? And that's what you're trying to do to Jim Harbaugh. Like you're, you're seeing, if you're, I mean, what's next? So they're going to call up Nick Saban and say, hey, we, we heard you had a burger. Kobe dead period. Uh, we're going <laughs> to investigate. Got to do that Kirby Smart. Don't do it to Jimbo because he's going to bring up your past. <laughs> <laughs> like, but, but you think about there. Why? Why would you, if you're college football, you got to do everything you can right now because there there are people who are legitimately mad. Why do, uh, and this is the thing I don't get about the rules. Why can't you buy somebody something to eat? Why can't you do a good deed? Yeah, I can I can catch a $10 million check, yeah. but I can't pay for a $10 burger. Why, why can't you do that? That's not anything, that's not trying to bribe anybody. Well, it goes back to the 80s, the services for players. So, so here's the problem. All of this is being based off of archaic rules that don't apply anymore. This isn't, you know, the SMU Mustangs and, right. and all of that. But like, you're, you're not talking about we're, that. We're, we're talking about a burger at Chili's. But I think the bigger issues that happen during the COVID day, like now, now they're not even talking about the money aspect because people, you know, fired back at them. So they're, they're like, well, you understand. It wasn't just, it was during the COVID dead period. It's ridiculous. But if I'm college football, I'm doing everything I can to keep my image, right? Like, there are people upset about the Deion Sanders. There's people upset about the the kid down in Florida who got promised all this money and now he's not getting that money. There are people who are upset about the transfer portal. There, you know, all all of these bad things happening as far as the 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 PR side of college football. And now you're going to go after one of the coaches that everybody kind of likes because he's the guy that's the hard-nosed, old-style football coach? And you're going to go after that guy? It just makes no sense to me if I'm the NCAA. It doesn't. You haven't said a word in two years, and now suddenly you want to step in and be the police? The NCAA (laughs) didn't even address Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban's deal. Like nobody, nobody no, the thought. The SEC had to step in and do that. Yeah, the SEC did, but the NCAA, nobody thought. Let's call Chimbo. Nope. Somebody they sat back and twiddled their thumbs, but they're gonna go after a guy who brought a hamburger in the COVID dead period. Makes no sense. Who turned down an NFL job? Yeah, to stay there. I mean, they are worse than. Because I might get to this in a minute, but oh, by the way, he probably would get the Denver job if his name, if he had not withdrawn his name, he but, probably is getting the Denver Broncos job. By the way, this is this is y'all, y'all are worse. The NCAA is worse than Roger Goodell, and and they won't answer questions. Like, so nobody from the NCAA is taking interviews right now. 
There have been multiple people, you know, trying to get them on the you show. You ever know when somebody wants to do wrong, they don't want to answer any questions. <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to talk. True. Yeah, they don't talk. <laughs> don't ask me. <laughs> but, like, you know. I'm just a lowly office worker. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, whatever, man. Unless you're the guy who leaked John Gruden's emails. He knew. <laughs> like, whatever, man. You just, this is, this is asinine. Like, this is, get get over it. It's two years ago, and it was a hamburger. It was a hamburger. And nobody even cares about COVID. Well, I mean, the government does, but we're not going to get into that. But nobody cares about COVID. It was COVID. the Chili's or Applebee's burger. It's Chili's and Applebee's. It, was, it wasn't like a huge steak. Now, I get it. You buying, man, a pack of T-bones, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, tomahawk steaks. That's different. You know, maybe you bat your eye at that, but... A uh, freaking hamburger? Like, come on, man. I I just don't understand. That's like, not even $20 the, spent. The, the, I, so I thought, okay, the more that comes out, maybe it'll make more sense. No, the more that comes out, the less sense it makes to me. Why they're doing this. But it this told me that if they weren't saying anything, that means it was it's petty. <laughs> if it was big, you know, it, they, it, it'll it be yeah. in the cycle every single day. Right. But if this is something, the the fact that they didn't say any, they haven't said anything about it till now, and that they only hinted at a, hinted at that it may have been a uh, a hamburger, told me it's not that serious. It's, it's a petty, ludicrous. yes, it's a petty deal. Let that man coach, like just let that go. It was two years ago. Just let it go. Because I almost said something that I shouldn't have said, but just let it go. Just let it go. Just let it go. It's not. It's, it's not that serious. Chili, chili, and Applebee's burger ain't that good. <laughs> I mean, did you want one? Like, I, I, I do his ass what if you wanted it, the burger. What was it that that wrestler said? Take it easy, man. Take it, yeah, <laughs> take it, <laughs> take, take it, easy. it easy, man. It'll be all right. Yeah. But on the bright side of college football, Josh Heupel from Tennessee got a uh, contract extension. He's gonna uh, got a raise of nine million dollars per year. Good. Uh, it'll carry him through <laughs> 2029. Pushes his annual salary to $9 million per season. This was announced yesterday by the University of Tennessee. So he got a raise of $4 million per year. So he was making $5 million a year. Raised it $4 million to, to equal $9 million. The only four higher than him, he's got the fifth largest contract in the SEC. Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, Jimbo Fisher, and Brian Kelly. Uh, let's see. So according to the details that were released yesterday, his buyout would be 100% of what he is owed if he were terminated without cause before December 15, 2025. The buyout would drop to 75% if he were fired between December 15, 2025 and December 14th of 2027. Wow. And then it would go to 50% on December 15th of 2027. Uh, his incentives package has also increased. He would earn 100000 for making a bowl game and up to a million for winning the national championship. Uh, other incentives: uh, fifty thousand for finishing in the top twenty-five, a hundred thousand for finishing in the top ten, and one hundred fifty thousand for finishing in the top five, as well as an additional money for playing in the SEC championship game, winning coach of the year, or his team reaching uh, certain academic progress rates. He will also receive, uh, or he also has received, increased private jet usage. Okay, so. That's how you think a coach. Yeah. But I'm a, I'm, a, I'm going to pump my brakes here a little bit on Tennessee uh, because it seems as though they're very well 
in reach of a national championship. Definitely and, a playoff spot. Yeah, in a yeah. playoff spot. Uh, so it seems that they're in reach of it. But I, I want to put my put my breaks here uh, for a little bit to see, okay, how will they perform? Because there, there are some, like Henry, uh, Hendon Hooker is going to be entering the draft. I so th- there's something interesting about that. Because everybody's, you know, well, you're losing Hendon Hooker. But Hendon Hooker was a no-name before Josh Hopple got a hold of him. So, I mean, why couldn't he do that with, you know, he'd bring in a couple of quarterbacks to look at yeah. in camp. Yeah, and that's what I want to see is, you know, it's back, you know, how how good are they going to be next season uh, and how far will they go? That's what I'm waiting on. Because I think they can hold that number two spot or number three spot up there with um, Alabama, Alabama and Georgia. And Georgia. Uh, I think that's an easy given. And then uh, LSU may very well hold that number four. I mean, you look at how competitive the SEC is going to be this season. Yeah. And I mean, well, you still can't I mean, forget really, about Ole Miss. You can't forget about Ole Miss. Lane Kiffin's reloading over there. Yeah. And then you've got, you know, Alabama, of course. You know, you know that Saban's going to go scorched earth on everybody in the college football world because he's mad. And then you've got, you know. Double time over. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and and then, you know, Kirby Smart's going to reload at Georgia. You've got. They're still at Tennessee. You assume that they're going to be back where they were. Mm-hmm. Ryan Kelly seems to have kind of found his groove in the SEC. You've got, of course, Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin. I mean, you, you look, that's a stacked SEC. Yeah. It really is. And uh, you kind of, I don't know, You you do you want to keep Texas A&M in those talks and I guess just barring I, off well, of what okay. Jim, Jimbo I, may do? I think it depends on how big of an impact Bobby Petrino has on that offense. So okay. they brought him in as the offensive coordinator. He is, for all that people may say about him off the off the field, you know, do I think that, that he's a class act? No, I do not. But at the end of the day, <clears throat> you're paying people to win football games. As a From just the football side of things, can he coach an offense? Yes, he can. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how he does as the play caller now that Jimbo's letting him call, you know, going to let him design the offense, call the plays, I do want to see. I, I think you could keep Texas A&M in the conversation, and Bobby Petrino could very well save Jimbo Fisher's career. Like, he, he may save Jimbo's career. Yeah. Auburn's not good. Hugh Freeze, that was a terrible hire. I don't know what happened with <laughs> Lane Kiffin. That was a terrible hire. Okay. Hugh Freeze is not going to turn that around. So, Auburn's not in the conversation. <laughs> Sorry. Dang. Not going to happen. Well, <laughs> I just, I mean, I, I've never really been, really been a, an Auburn fan. Uh, but I, I liked them when they had Cam Newton. That's it. But That was that, years that ago. Was, yeah, that was way back. Getting this decade, man. Yeah. But... <laughs> Yeah, the SEC. Other than that, the SEC is Arizona. I is, mean, uh, Arkansas. But now Arkansas well, is a wild card because you know Kendall Bryles left. I'm interested to see what they're going to do at offensive coordinator. You're losing your quarterback. You know, I, I think no, Sam he's not, Pittman. He's staying. He didn't declare. He, oh, oh yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, he didn't de- declare for the draft. That's right. He has it. So you know, Sam Pittman is a good story. He's a good guy. Everybody likes him. But I don't know that he's going to be able to sustain any sort of success at Arkansas. It, it, yeah. But at least your top five or six, that's a... You think about the the programs I just named. Georgia, Alabama, Texas A&M, LSU, Ole Miss, and Tennessee. Top programs in the country. Yeah. 
That's your top six in the SEC. That's a tough conference. That's why we say that's America's... Like, if the Cowboys were America's team, SEC is America's conference, and it just got better because I think that was a brilliant move on Tennessee's part. You could not lose Josh Heupel. He came in after Jeremy Pruitt, you know, that whole situation. Do I think Jeremy Pruitt's a good football coach? Yes, I do. Do I think he was a good head coach? No, I don't. Do I think Alabama's probably going to bring him back as their defensive coordinator? I think it's likely. But, having said that, I think that was a brilliant move because Josh Heupel put you back on the map. He brought an up-tempo yeah. offensive philosophy, and, and you're going to score a bunch of points. And also, you know, like I said, this is how you thank a coach. This is how you say Not thank you. Not by investigating him. Yeah. <laughs> this is how you say thank you. Uh, so, congrats to uh, Heupel, and I hope Tennessee is back up there. I, I'm... I'm they I'm were really fun. Looking, yeah, it was because it added that competition. Like, oh man, it did, and that's a fun fan base. You know, they yeah. they fire up old Rocky Top, and everybody yeah. goes nuts. And it, it, I mean, it's just a fun atmosphere. And, and when Tennessee, good. Tennessee's one of my favorite spots. I, I, uh, I, I hope the best for them. We went up there once, and you fell in love. with Yes, this man, Tennessee is awesome. If you haven't been to Tennessee, you should go uh, to Memphis and Nashville. Uh, well, I guess just the whole state of Tennessee, man. It's some awesome yeah, places. Yeah, we didn't even go up into the mountains. No. Gatlinburg, you got Pigeon Forge. It's yeah. really pretty. But, um, man, it's going to it's, it's gonna be an interesting season this year for the SEC, man. I don't even look forward to... I want, I would like to see what uh, Browse is going to do over there in um, TC, TCU. At TCU. As the offensive as, Yeah. yeah. I, I want to see what he's going to do. Um. Which, that could be interesting, barring some other news that you gave me yesterday after the show. Kind of see how that's going to go. Uh, if, if, indeed, that is the guy that they're going to go after. But uh, we, we'll save that. If it's who I think it is. Yeah, yeah. we will save that. Um, but, yeah, I want to see what, you know, if TCU still has that or going to bring that that punch, you know, to the Big 12 that they had last year. Especially if Texas and... Oklahoma are trying to, you know, leave early. Uh, then they could run the charts, honestly. I mean, well, I don't know. You you, you have a, a good Houston team coming in uh, and a up and I, I rising think, SMU team, so I don't know. Yeah, I think TCU probably, you know, wins the Big 12, but I don't even know if that matters. Because the next year, you're gonna, you, that would get you an automatic playoff bid, but under the current rules, they wouldn't be obligated to give you one. I don't know that they're getting one because they got embarrassed. Yeah, I... <laughs> If they don't lose and they score more, well, if they don't lose the way they did and they score more than seven points. If it was points, a competitive football game, that would have been different. But from the word go, Georgia showed them who their dad was. Yeah. That was the problem. Yeah, that's yeah. that's not going to happen. All right, moving on to the NFL, getting ready for the playoffs. Playoffs? Uh, <laughs> you got conference championship games coming up. So, Andy Reid comes out and says Patrick Mahomes is okay. Not 100%, but he's okay. You play. Uh, who's your daddy? Because Joe Burrow is that guy. I don't. He is, but it's it's like I said before. You know, we haven't picked to win the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. But I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised one bit if if Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, and the Chiefs come out and you know they beat. It wouldn't be the biggest upset, but it would still be a shocker to me. And here's why. You're behind the eight ball anyways because that's a good borderline great team in Kansas City, but you you can tell that it's not what it was. Right, right, right. 
And now you've got Patrick Mahomes. One of the things that makes him so dangerous, he, he doesn't use his legs often. It's not like he, he's not a Lamar Jackson. He's not a Justin Fields. He's mm-hmm. not even a Josh Allen. But even though he's not necessarily running down the field, he, he moves the pocket. You know, he, he'll scramble and he'll move the pocket. And when you move the pocket, you, you call safeties to adjust. You cause linebackers to drop down because they see the pocket move. He's not going to be able to do that at his high of a level with a bad ankle. Now, Reed did say it wasn't as bad as it was a couple of years ago, you know, when he had that and the turf toe and that whole, whole deal in the Super Bowl. But it's still there. Even in the second half, when he came back and played... And that was the thing. Everybody assumed because he played in the second half and he did well, oh, well, he's fine. You still have adrenaline running through you. You, you just got it shot up with some lidocaine. You're fine. I, You know, I was one of those that said, listen, give it a few days because that's when the swelling sets in. That's when the fluids build up. When you're laying in bed at night, right? Your, 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 your foot is laying a certain way. Fluids naturally, in, in all of us, build up. That's one when you get up and you stretch and you kind of move around. You, things don't necessarily pop, but you can feel some things moving around. In this situation, there's going to be fluid build up right around where that sprain is. Because that sprain doesn't go away. That's, mm-hmm. the, that's the problem with the sprain is it's a lingering issue. And if, there was, if this was, you know, week five, it does, he's not playing. Like, he, he's got to sit out a week or two and then we'll see. Right. It's the playoffs. You really don't have a choice. I mean, yes, Chad Henney drove down 98 yards and went and scored, but he's not going to do that consistently. He's not that guy. So, you're going to play him, but I don't think he comes out with the same intensity in the first quarter on Sunday as he did in the third quarter this past weekend because now the adrenaline's gone. Now he's having to actually play on a a ankle that is sat there had all of these issues been worked on constantly throughout the week. You know, yeah, he's probably going to shoot it up before the game because you, you, you want to do what you can. But even with that, you still, it, it's going to take a little bit for the blood to get pumping enough for it maybe not to matter as much. I think if the Bengals, and I'll, I'll break this down the closer that we get to the game this weekend, but I really think if the Bengals can jump on him early, and that's not a great defense. Yeah. It's not. But if you can get after him early and put him in a position where he has to move, I'm not saying you know make him run out, mm-hmm. but I'm saying just move. See if he can move the pocket, move side to side on it. I think if you do that and you punch him in the mouth a couple times, even if he completes a pass, go put put a lick or two on him, make him have to get up, make him have to to do some things. I think that that's a recipe for success. Like I I understand you know. Andy Reid is saying all the right things right now. He is. He, you know, he's coming out saying, "Well, he's okay. He's going to play." You have to say that. You don't want a Lamar Jackson situation. Right. Where you, you can't have that for your team. But I, I, I have my doubts that it's going to be the. And he may come out and light the world on fire. And if he does, power to him. But I have my doubts that we're going to see the Patrick Mahomes that we're accustomed to seeing on Sunday. Fair enough. That's you know fair enough. Um, but it's just like we talked about yesterday with the Bengals team. They have that it factor. They have that fire, um, especially in their leading quarterback, Joe Burrow. Like I said, he has that swagger, man. And and, he has that swagger. People pile on. If I'm a, I've coached quarterbacks, right? I want my quarterback to have that kind of mentality. 
Yeah. Now don't get stupid with it. We, I wasn't the quarterback's coach, but we we had a a, a quarterback. You know him. Yeah. You've seen film on him, but most athletic quarterback I've ever, you know that that I've ever coached. Mm-hmm. I, you know, or or had you know on on the team that I coached. Great. I mean, he made some some plays that were as I told you yesterday, Patrick Mahomes in. I mean, he there was one night you know it. He's he's his knees that far off the ground. He he's slinging it from the side, throws it sixty yards to the back corner of the end zone. We score. I mean, just things that you don't see every day. Yeah. But the problem was we're playing a big game one night at home. You know, uh, two ranked teams. We're going at it, and he tries to do the extra things. He doesn't make the plays that are called. He doesn't make the plays that are designed. He tries to do the extra things. Costs us, you know, some touchdowns, some first downs. In key situations, you don't want that guy, but you do want the guy that goes up there and says, "Okay, I've got weapons. I know I've got weapons. I know I'm going to beat you. Like I don't care who you are, I'm going to beat you." And even when the Bengals, so uh, Joe Burrow's rookie year, we kind of forget about that. They weren't good at all. Like they got him hurt. That yeah. offensive line was atrocious. But every time he and I, I said this back then, he acted like he thought they were a good team. And I knew then, if he could do that with a team that was not very good at all, he could do that with a great team. Like, that, that's somebody you want to build around because it didn't matter. He didn't care that his offensive line was going to get him killed. He didn't care that he didn't have the most amount of weapons. But he focused on the fact that, hey, if I'm confident, if I'm a little bit of cocky and I go up to the line and I make them believe that we're good, yeah, we're going to be a good football team. Yeah, and I, I believe that. And... Um, I, I do believe that they will go back to the Super Bowl, but like I said, I wouldn't be surprised. But it it, it it's not a toss up game. I don't think it's it's a toss up game. I, I think it's clear of who even the, though the that better game's team in is. Kansas City, it still feels like you know you who, know yeah uh you know and, and it's just that Kansas City fans didn't get the news they wanted. Now, now it's good news he's going to play. It's good news he's okay. But that you wanted Andy Reid to come out and say. He's moving around. He's real mobile. He didn't say any of those things, and that's what I was looking for: is how yeah. mobile has he been up to this point? Oh. And you didn't get a real enthusiastic, yeah. "Hey, he's really moving right. around back there." Yeah, but that's been the uh, the AFC comp. It's, it's been the, that all year, uh, all season, and it's been up and down. Who is the better team? Okay, you have Kansas City, you have you have the Bills, you have uh, uh, Cincinnati, and so it's like who who's the better team out of those three? It's been up and down. Uh, the NFC, on the other hand, has been dominant. It's a mess. Yeah, it, it's it's been a mess, but it's been dominant. It's a, you for a while you didn't know who were the best teams, but you know the, the two top teams now. Uh, are going going at it Sunday and the Eagles at San Fran. I think that's the toss up game. Um, there's a lot of people saying the Eagles are going to you know the Eagles are obviously the best team, but I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I think be, that 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 defense, the Eagles defense, isn't as good as the Cowboys defense is. No. Um, and so I question whether or not they'll be able to put some real pressure on Brock Purdy. Um, now, don't get me wrong. They may get a sack or two, but as far as being in the backfield on them, I don't think that'll that'll happen. Up the middle, I don't think it'll happen. Um, 
And so, both of the offenses are are good. I mean, that's the best thing they have going for each, for each other. But they're different philosophies. Well, yeah, because... And it all depends on... So, Kyle Shanahan said, you know, against the Cowboys, we're not going to let just, you know, Brock Purdy sling it. We're going to come out, go, you know, more downhill, running attack, you know, pounding ground a little bit. I'm interested to see if they do that again this week. I, that's what I was just following up on. Um, so, here's the interesting thing. Jimmy Garoppolo... There are some in his circle saying he's ready. Like, he had x-rays on his foot Tuesday, but then Kyle Shanahan came out late yesterday afternoon in his press conference, and he said, well, I would be surprised if, if he were ready to go. But there's a sense where his camp is kind of saying, hey, we think he could be ready. Now, here's where it's interesting to me, because if you're, if you're Kyle Shanahan, Jimmy G's ready to go. Now, you've announced that he... Brock Purdy's starting. Like, there's no question. But Brock Purdy struggled some with that Dallas defense. Now, I go back to what you, you pointed out earlier, and, and I said this yesterday, that's not the Dallas defense. Like, the Philadelphia Eagles are not going to just take it to you consistently. Yeah. Uh, they, they're just not. They rely on Ben don't break and then that, that high-octane offense to win football games. Right. So I'm interested to see what you come out in. You know, do, do you come back out, you know, straight gun and empty backfield and, and see what Brock Perry can do? Do you go to that one back look? Do you let Debo get some carries, get him out in space, let McCaffrey, you know, go downhill, pounding around on him and see how that goes? And then if Brock Purdy struggles, and let's say Jimmy G does wind up because it's questionable right now, if Jimmy G winds up being healthy, at what point do you not make that move? Because I know everybody's on the Brock Purdy train. I'm telling you, if Jimmy G's healthy, that's dangerous for the Eagles team. If they play it. If but see, play here's it. the conundrum. Because now you've got people in the 49ers organization kind of letting it slip, letting it leak, that as of today, Brock Purdy would start over Trey Lance next season. So now you're going to pull him from a playoff game. Jimmy G's out the door because you've just defended him one too many times. What about Trey Lance? Like, it goes back to, and this is the, the, the issue that we get into with these quarterbacks. It's always an overreaction. Nick Foles went on a run with Philadelphia, and everybody thought that he was the second coming of somebody. Didn't know who, but he was the second coming of somebody. Now he's a back, like he's a third stringer. He's he not playing. Yeah. You know, he, he got the one one or two starts, I think, with Indianapolis late in the year, and then he got hurt. But he's not, he's not that, he, he went up not being that guy. Right. You know, Carson Wentz, prior to the knee injury that year, had a great year. Everybody thought, he, he's he's the next quarterback. Not that guy. You know, we, we want to anoint Lamar Jackson, and we'll talk about him a little bit later. But, you know, now there's questions about whether or not he is going to stay in Baltimore. You know, yeah. he hasn't really done some of the things that we expected. I mean, so I could go down the list of guys through history you know, everybody thought Johnny Manziel was going to be the that, that guy. Now, do I think Johnny Manziel should have gotten a second chance? Yes, I do. But he didn't. And a large part of it is he, he just didn't work out. There was a sector of the NFL that thought Tim Tebow was going to transform the quarterback position. Didn't work out. Cam Newton didn't live up to expectations. So, I mean, we, we take these one, one or two, you know, these little runs that these quarterbacks go on, and we want to anoint them as the next great quarterback. You know, there are... Retired guys, you know, that 
prior to all of this were saying, you know, that maybe he was the second company, that Brock Purdy was the second coming of Tom Brady. Pump your brakes. That's what I'm saying. We, we overreact to these quarterbacks. And so I, I think that now, you, if you're Kyle Shanahan, because of all of this overreaction, you've really gotten yourself in a mess. Because you put all your eggs in the basket that Brock Purdy was going to continue this run. And I'm not saying he won't go and line up Philadelphia. I don't know if he will or he won't. But I'm just saying if he doesn't, and you have to go back to Jimmy G, that doesn't just affect this little playoff run. This affects what you're going to do next year. Who's going to be your starting quarterback next year? Because it's it, it really feels like San Fran is having some conversations about how to move on from Trey Lance. That now, you know, he's suddenly, for whatever reason, not a Kyle Shanahan quarterback. Even though that's all we heard, you know, leading up to the draft. You traded up to get this guy. You jilted Jimmy G to play this guy. All of those things. Because he was a Kyle Shanahan quarterback. Now there's some rumblings within the organization that he's not. That he's not who they thought that that, that he was. I, I, I think that this could potentially be a really bad situation for San Francisco. You better hope that Purdy comes out, lights the world on fire, and then takes you to a Super Bowl. Because then that's an easy, he's our starter. Period. Hands down. Jimmy G was going to move on anyways. That kind of gets you out of the bind. And then you tell Trey Lance... Yeah, we drafted you, you know, number two or three, whatever, you know, first round draft pick, trade up to get you, but we can't, we can't do that. Not, not twice. You know, we did to Jimmy G, kind of got us in a bind. We're not going to do it to Brock Purdy. Yeah, that's how you, you know, have to have to do this. But, <laughs> but the fact that Jimmy G is even available makes this very interesting. To me. It does, or could be available. Yeah, it, it does. Uh, but it's like I said. I mean, if 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 Jimmy G is playing, it's going to be dangerous for the Eagles. Dangerous for the Eagles. But it's all I've been saying for the last uh, few weeks is that Brock Purdy it has somewhat now been battle tested because that Dallas defense gave him some work, and now you're going into Philly, and you're going to have to. You know, it, it's you could easily, I guess you could say easily, with that receiving core, pick them apart if they mm-hmm. cho- so choose. Uh, especially with McCaffrey as well. Because yeah. he's a versatile running back. Um, you have a chance to beat them. You have a chance to, you know, go into Philly and beat them and then go on to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Like I said, that, that Philly defense isn't – that that's – that's not their gig. Uh, <laughs> that offense is what carries them or have carried them the rest of the, this year, uh, all this year, really. But I, I don't know. Uh, it's this is like I said. This is the toss-up game. Uh, I, I believe San Francisco can beat Philly, but I also think Philly with Jalen Hurts, who may or may not be a hundred percent. Can can also take it to that 49ers defense. Now, 40, the 49ers defense, they weren't as good as the Cowboys defense, but uh, they are good. They are, yeah. you know, they are dumb. They're better better than the Eagles defense. I will say that much. Um, I, I don't I don't think you can pass against them as much as you would want. Uh, you may not or may not be able to run against them either. Yeah, I, I I really think 
Sam Friends in a good as long yeah. as Purdy plays well, I, I think that they're I, in a really good I, yeah. position. I think I think uh, Hertz is going to rely on a lot the past AJ Brown and uh, Devin Smith or Devontae Smith. Um, they're gonna he's gonna rely on them a lot because I don't see them getting a run off the ground with with that with that San Francisco defense. Yeah, yeah. But. So speaking of quarterbacks, and and I want to look at tomorrow the just the over or you know on the show tomorrow we'll we'll look at the overall quarterbacking situation because not only are there some big name quarterbacks but there's some lesser known quarterback there, there's some openings there. Okay, yeah. I'll just put it that way. But a couple of the other big big name quarterbacks that have kind of put their teams in limbo here is Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Tom Brady has a backlogged contract. He's worth twenty million dollars of dead money, even if he leaves, regardless of what happens. Mm-hmm. Worth dead money because the way he negotiated his contract, it also has a uh, 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 clause in there that he cannot be franchise tagged by the Buccaneers. He's going to be a free agent. He was on his podcast yesterday, or I'm sorry, not before last, uh, Monday night. He was on his podcast with that he hosts with Jim Gray. So Jim Gray brings up the future, and he said, well, if I if I effing knew that, then I would have said so. Like, it, 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 he played off as a joke. He kind of laughed it off, but it, it was like, I, I'm not answering questions. He's putting everybody else in limbo. Because there's only two or three spots that he could potentially go in my, from my perspective, I mean, my opinion, from the outside looking in on that situation. There's only a couple, couple maybe three spots that he would even wind up at. So if you're Tampa Bay, you, you've got to take into concern. He's not coming back there. He, he's pretty much made that clear. He doesn't want to play in Tampa Bay. Uh, and then, so you've got to take into consideration, we're going to have that dead money. We don't know who our offensive coordinator is. We don't really know who our quarterback's going to be. I want to dive into that a little bit more. But the other one that's more interesting to me, even than Tom Brady right now, is Aaron Rodgers. So Aaron Rodgers was on the Pat McAfee show, and he's owed $60 million next year. $60 million. And he said, I don't see a scenario if I play next year where I get paid that kind of money. Now, it's unclear whether he's wanting to restructure his deal or take a pay cut or what the deal is. But he, he has made it very clear he doesn't want to be part of a rebuilding. He wants to play where they're going to build around him, give him the weapons he needs. He's still... And the, the thing about him being on the Pat McAfee show, Pat McAfee really doesn't ask questions. So he gets to go on there, and that's kind of their agreement that he just kind of gets to give these monologues and talk. There's a little bit of dialogue, but there's no real in-depth pressing him on certain situations, which I think is a brilliant move by Aaron Rodgers because it allows him to... to drive his own message. He gets to say what he wants to say without any real digging into it. But there's a question I have for him, man. Do you you really want to play in Green Bay? Because he's being very vague about, well, will will that be in Green Bay or will it not? I don't really know. You know, if they built around me, I'd be interested. But do you really want to play in Green Bay? Or is this you dragging this out, waiting to see what some of these other teams are going to do at the quarterback position? Because it really feels like he's playing the long game here with Green Bay. Because he's not going out and saying he's going to retire. He's indicating that he would be willing to play, but he would only be willing to play in an environment that would win. Now he's kind of putting it out there that, hey, I would be willing to take either a restructured contract or a pay cut of some sort to allow a team to to do what they got to do, right? 
But he's playing the long game with it. This has been what they the, the Packers have been out of it uh, three weeks. Yeah, we're coming on three weeks since the Packers last played. Yeah, and he's still not giving any. Re- it's very vague, very ambiguous, and, and you just get the feeling that he's waiting to see how some of these chips and what chips he's waiting to fall. I don't know because he hasn't really made that clear. Yeah, but he's and then Jordan Love comes out. And says, I think I'm a starter in the NFL. So now you've got pressure from your backup that you drafted without telling Aaron Rodgers, by the way. You drafted him, and now he's starting to put pressure on the organization that I want to start. Like, I really think, because he's kind of kept his mouth shut this whole time. But now he's publicly saying, I think I'm a starter. So you've got Aaron Rodgers already kind of playing the long game with you. And now you've got pressure on the back end of, of, of your backup kind of nudging your organization saying, hey, listen, make a decision. Like either either train him or let him walk or whatever and go ahead and tell him, I'm your starting quarterback. Because Jordan Love, for whatever, really believes that he's going to be a starter in the NFL. Will he? I don't know. Is he going to, you know, will he be any good? We've seen flashes, but we haven't seen him in a sustained role. I don't know. There's no answer. I think that's part of the problem in Green Bay is they really don't know exactly what they have in Jordan Love because of how this whole saga with Aaron Rodgers has played out over the last couple of seasons. But it's interesting that that now you've got kind of this ambiguous veteran and you've got this push from the the young guys saying, hey, I'm, I'm tired of this. Do something. Make a move. Make a decision. And then you had Nathaniel Hackett not come back. Matt LaFleur, you know, tried to bring him back into the fold, thinking, hey, I'm going to bring in my guy. He takes the Jets job, and now that that made it even more interesting, in my opinion. Definitely. I mean, I would like to see Eric. I would like to see Aaron come back and at least get another Super Bowl before, you know, he retires. Uh, I mean, because even though... You know, he has scorched the, the Cowboys a few times, more than a few times. Uh, he's one of my favorite quarterbacks in the, in the league right now. So I would like to see him get, you know, at least one more under his belt before he, you know, he says peace out. <laughs> but I do get the sense that, you know, he wants out of Green Bay. Um, we said it on and off that he does not look comfortable there. He does not look uh, confident. He just looks exhausted out there, and well, you, it, it was like he looked around and said, "This isn't a good football." Yeah, no, this, same thing not. with Tom Brady. Like they looked around and they said, "What am I doing?" Well, and, and it didn't help the situation at all. The last game where they're they're uh, a few of their players just did some unforeseen, unnecessary stuff. You know, yeah. penalties and hits and all that, and they didn't play to win or get a playoff spot. I don't know what the heck was going on out there with the Packers. That, that looked to about as uninspired of a football team yeah. as I've ever seen. Because it's like you were just playing. You were playing for self. You were not playing to win. And you weren't playing for a playoff spot. And that didn't help Aaron Rodgers' case at all. Because what, you look around. And you're already up in hands about whether or not you want to come back or not. You look around that game and you see that. And you're like, that's not. That doesn't give you any kind of confidence any kind of hope at all because this was the game 
Yeah, if, if that was if that was the the organization sales pitch for you need to stay here, that failed miserably. Yeah. So I I don't know with Aaron Rodgers. I hope he stays and is able to go to another team and help them. Um, there's been talks, and we've kind of discussed hypothetically. You know, it's a possibility he could end up in Dallas. You know, him and Mike McCarthy could reunite and maybe get you know bring that magic back. Maybe. Uh, but other than that, I, I, I don't know where else he will end up. Um, well, I'm, I'm going to throw out some hypotheticals tomorrow because there's yeah. some more teams kind of being mentioned here. It does seem that Green Bay's not willing to trade him within the division or yeah. within the conference. Well, uh, so that's the thing. So the Cowboys are off the table if that's the case. If they stick to their guns. Yeah. But for $60 million, that's going to be hard for them to do. Yeah. Because what if... I, that whole situation could get very messy for the Green Bay Packers real quick and in a hurry. Yeah. And it really could. And, and and like I said, it goes back to, you know, Aaron Rodgers is playing the long game with them here. That, that's what gets me. They, he, he's not, he's slow playing it. Yeah. Uh, and, and you Once just get again. the feeling he, he's watching the chips, seeing where they're going to fall. Yep. So, it was a good show today. Yeah, it was. Oh, I will... Let's kick off tomorrow with the Cowboys stuff. Not the beginning, but the beginning of the Oh, yeah. That's our first item on the agenda because yeah. the Cowboys are a mess. Uh, so, a little life update. We've got a baby's doctor's appointment in the morning, so it'll be an afternoon show. Oh, okay. So, nice. uh, so there, what, uh, let's see. Um, Going to be there. Going to be coming back. Uh, let's do the show um, 2 o'clock slot. Two cocks fine. Yeah, two to three, or you know, or two to four now. Two to four. Yeah, yeah, two to four. So we'll be on at two o'clock tomorrow afternoon. All right, guys, you heard so, it here. Two o'clock. Have a great day, and remember, it's always a good day to be a sports fan. Peace.